It is necessary to investigate before legislating. But the line between investigating and persecuting is a very fine one. The investigators tell us it seems the suspect was going to pass them, then turned and fired. Christine, Laura, what you're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations. Arise to support the impeachment of President Donald J. Trump. And I'm about to talk to him about allegations that he was involved with prostitutes in Moscow and that the Russians taped it and have leverage over him. Welcome back to Information Operation. We have a special guest today, Dr. Sam Sigaloff, who is uh, far along in a case against DOD on the vaccine issue. Welcome, doctor. Thank you so much for having me on. I truly appreciate it. Yeah, sure. So uh, you've made quite a wave out there. So tell us what's going on. Yeah, so I was active duty military. I was a army captain. I'm sorry, major. And I was a um, doctor in the military. I PCS to Fort Huachuca to be their medical director. And shortly after being there, that's when the SECDEF came down with his his mandate for the, the alleged um, approved COVID vaccine. And so I started offering medical exemptions for service members. And as soon as word spread about that, it got to my hospital commander and she was a registered nurse at the time. Mm -hmm. And she said, well, that's completely inappropriate. You cannot give medical exemptions to this because um, it goes against what the secretary of defense guidance was. Hmm. And so on the 13th of September of 2021, I was suspended from clinical practice for not following the guidance. And the amazing part is the guidance for the secretary of defense came out on the very next day on the 14th of September. <laughs> So uh, they knew it was coming. So, so the guidance was illegal, right? Essentially, well, and and that's the amazing part too. Is yeah. so I was suspended for following something that didn't exist, and then when it did exist, I had already followed it because it was reinstating what was written in AR forty five six two, which was published in twenty thirteen. Mm -hmm. It's the regulation that allows in there the physicians how to give grant temporary medical exemptions, and I followed that. I followed the law. And what the SECDEF said was exactly that, what was already published. So what happened when you were uh, dismissed? Yeah, so so that led to me, you know, my medical exemption became an affidavit in, in a lawsuit, Robert V. Austin. And the whole basis is, is that the lipid nanoparticles, they're one of the components in, in Comirnaty specifically, mm -hmm. uh, but they're basically in all of the COVID shots, is they're not valid for human use per the safety data sheet, per the manufacturer. They're for experimental use only, not for human use. And one of them says not for veterinary use. And then I became a whistleblower with um, Senator Ron Johnson's office on the DMED data, the Defense Military Epidemiology database that showed the destruction that was happening to the troops because of 
Well, we don't really know what exactly, but it's strong indication that it was these shots. So have you, has the, I mean, we've been way out in front on the shots and the vaccines and with the vaccine injured and all of that for two, three years now. Has there been a good analysis of one of these vials to actually know what's in there? I So every analysis that I've heard is that there's not even the mRNA that they claim is in there. And and yeah. there's a caveat there is it's not mRNA. It's not messenger RNA. It's a modified nucleoside ribonucleic acid. It It's a RNA because it's modified that right. our body can't break down. So it stays in there forever. Hmm. And it and says right the, there on the Pfizer documents. Yeah, that's all come out. And that's why they were trying to hold it for 75 till 2075, I guess. Um, so what do, do we know? Um, you know, you mentioned what what was it you said previously? Because I lost my train of thought. You said that oh, the DMED data that, that that came out initially, and then they tried to whitewash that. But then it there was a cover up of that. Am I correct? Right. So yeah. So um, Lieutenant Colonel uh, and Doctor Pete Chambers and Lieutenant Colonel and Doctor Teresa Long and myself came out with the DMED data, mm -hmm. and Senator uh, Ron Johnson had his roundtable where. Um, was it uh, attorney Thomas Renz gave our names and talked about the destruction that was happening amongst the military troops. Uh, and less than four days later, the DOD took that database down and changed every number and put it back up. And then right. we went into the Ukraine war, which distracted everybody. So everyone forgot about it. Yeah. So, I mean, that's highly illegal in itself. I mean, and so where does this stand now? You, you filed the case, right? I mean, yes, sir. So the... i I filed a case against the Secretary of Defense and the Secretary of the Army uh, for the Whistleblower Protection Act violations that I faced for retaliation and for lack of due process. So right now, so I am completely out of the military. I've been out since August. Mm -hmm. And as it stands, the last, the previous duty station I was at, so Alaska, not the most recent, but the one before that, they illegally started an investigation into me after I had been gone rich, for yeah. nine months. Was that Sorry? at Fort Richard? Was that at Fort Rich up there? Or where was that? In Wainwright. Okay, Wainwright. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. so after I'd been gone for nine months, they started an investigation into me. And then they said they wanted to suspend my privileges. Well, I had been gone for nine months. I had no privileges for them to suspend. And the regulation clearly states that if they have a problem that they see in a doctor, they have to talk to the current duty station of that doctor. Let them know that there may be a problem. The current duty station will go, oh, okay, let's look at the information. Okay, is there, is there a problem? Okay, yeah, there's a problem. Let's start an investigation. They didn't do that. They just said you're suspended. And then they put a complaint into the National Practitioner Data Bank. And what this does is it allows, let's say, insurance companies to, to research, to query this database and see if there is problematic physicians. And right now there is a complaint in there that says I'm incompetent hmm. because of this illegal investigation. Yeah. So that impacts your civilian career as well, correct? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. It actually prevented me from getting the malpractice insurance that my company that I'm working for now typically uses. I had to go with a different company. Mm -hmm. So wh where, tell me about the, the legal action. Yeah. So, so the lawsuit, and that's part of the retaliation that I was just describing and the, the lack of due process that I was describing. And so we're suing the secretary of defense for that. And, and also so that doctors can be doctors, right? Because so, I never broke the law. I followed the regulation. And if, if the government is being lawless, well, that needs to be corrected so that the chilling effect doesn't keep other doctors right. from speaking the truth. And that case was recently dismissed because the lawyer said that it, I'm sorry, the, not the lawyer, the, the judge said that it was not legally ripe. And specifically, they were talking about what was going on at uh, Fort Wainwright. 
Mm-hmm. It was legally ripe the moment I received a letter about any of this because none of it was done properly. And what do you want to do about the dismissal? Are you appealing that or? Yes, sir. So I want to appeal it. I've already placed, I've already spent $120,000 of my own money to, mm-hmm. to defend my name and to help uh, defend the service members and defend the constitution. Uh, recently uh, put out on Instagram a call, like, please help me. I need another $20,000 to get this appeal. Mm-hmm. And, and by the grace of God, we've been able to get 23000 wow. But what we're still looking for is we still need more money because it's, mm-hmm. that's the appeal. If this goes to trial, which I pray it does, then we'll need even more money. And we've already put $120,000. I mean, that's that's more than a down payment on a house that I don't have. It's gone. Yeah, no, it's extremely expensive. Um, hopefully, we our view, where, where to, before we move on, just tell us real, where, where, real quick, quickly where they can donate. So they can go to Give, Send, Go. Go to Give, mm-hmm. Send, Go and search Sigloff, S-I-G-O-L-O-F-F. And it'll come up with Sigloff v. Austin. And that's a website that my wife started. So what's next for you? How's your civilian career going? Are, are you impacted by this or are you able to earn money? I mean, how is this hitting you? So I'm, I'm employed by a, um, a doctor's office now and I'm working for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're in the process, which can take up to six months to apply for what they call credit with insurance companies. It's basically, I do work, we turn it into insurance companies and they pay me. And, and so the future will tell if that national practitioner data bank complaint will cause any problems with reimbursement, with me getting paid for my work, basically. Yeah. So what about the medical profession as a whole? I mean, this has been really shocking and uh, I guess really unbelievable, uh, just not just in the military, but across the whole medical establishment. It looks like they, they worked for a long time to set this up and then it just came down on everybody unexpectedly and the way they dealt with the vaccines with uh you know euthanizing old people in 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 the hospitals it's i mean how do we restore trust in the medical profession in your opinion if you can talk about that yeah i i can talk about just about anything because i'm no longer in the military but i don't know how we can restore trust i mean if if you find a doctor that's still saying get the shot like a I live in a little area here and there is a radio commercial that comes on where there's a a pediatrician who recommends for kids to get the shot. Don't trust him. He has an ulterior motive and it probably is money as to why he's pushing the shot. At this point, we know there's enough damage caused by it. It's it's no longer, it's so much a safety signal. It may not be absolute proof, but it's so much of a safety signal that no one should be saying, yeah, go ahead and get more shots. What about the DOD? I mean, to me, and I've been pretty vocal about it personally against a lot of these retired and active senior officers in the military that um, I, I don't see anything other than, you know, working for somebody else other than the, the American people in this, whether it be, you know, to get a board seat or to get money or something promised them. Uh, you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I I do have a pretty significant thought. I'm going to use these words treason and conspiracy in their proper and and the way they should be used. Mm -hmm. And so when we presented the DMED data and we showed all this destruction and then Senator Ron Johnson writes a letter to the Secretary Austin and says, preserve this data and answer me by this date. And then before that date comes, the entire database is taken down and then put back up with new information. Well, that would be as if let's say there's a scout working for a, a platoon of like 30 guys. And he, he goes, he crawls up to the edge of the cliff and he looks over and he goes, Oh yeah, 
and he sees 200,000 troops mm-hmm. of the enemy. And he goes back to his platoon and says, yeah, don't worry about it. There's about 10 guys down there. What would we call that scout? Well, we call him treasonous because he's aiding yeah. and abetting the enemy. He's walking his guys into a trap. Well, for the Secretary of Defense to take that database down, it takes more than one person. That's conspiracy. And to destroy the information that's in a database that's specifically designed to show if there is a medical threat against the troops, well, then that would be aiding and abetting the enemy. So that's conspiracy to commit treason. And the persecution that people inside the military felt and are still feeling over this issue is just as bad, in my opinion. I mean, the the illegal methods they use to force people essentially to get the shots, unless you had really just uh, a lot of forethought and, and then as a young person, you were strong enough to resist a general officer while you're serving in the military under the USM, UCMJ. I mean, a lot of these kids just did it just because of that pressure, but some stood up and, and left. But just the pressure that they put on these kids is is illegal, in my opinion, and treasonous. Oh, absolutely illegal. It's coercion. And I remember, and this is back when I was still stationed at Fort Wainwright, I'd run into a command sergeant major, a commander, and they'd say, yeah, this shot, it's not mandatory yet. And I'd say, sir, careful with your words. That's undue command influence. That's coercion to say that it's not mandatory yet because it's actually never been FDA approved. In fact, if you look at my podcast, uh, I think it's episode number 36. There is an, um, that's the episode where I show you that they illegally brought vials of comernity because it says the word comernity on it from Europe to America to trick service members into getting it, trying to convince them that it actually is comernity, the FDA approved comernity when it's not. Yeah, that shot is not available in the U.S., am I correct? It's not available anywhere. So the European version of emergency use authorization, they can use the the brand name Comerinity on there. So they brought this this, uh, uh, Coast Guard lieutenant called Pfizer, was able to get a representative on the phone and asked them, where was this lot number made, FW13331? And the lady's like, "Uh, yeah, it was made in France. Mm -hmm. There's no FDA production sites in France. Yeah, there's a lot of loose ends. I don't want to say rabbit holes, but I mean, those are wide open ditches. You could go down on all of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> what What else should people who have been vaccinated in the military know? Do you want to go into that a bit? I mean, uh, you know, a lot of them are worried about long-term effects or whatever. What, what do you think? Yeah. And, and so, so first of all, if you don't have any side effects, great. That's wonderful. Maybe you were given a placebo or it was left out too long for it to be effective in what it does because it was effective. It's not safe and it's not effective in preventing the illness, but it's effective in what it was designed to do. Now, that in particular, I'm not 100% certain on. Yeah. Um, Sorry, but that's okay. But what it, if you have been injured by it, find a doctor that is competent in the FLCCC protocols for treatment for the I recover post-vax, or if you have long COVID, they're the same treatment plan. Yeah. Go get treatment from a doctor that can do that. Purify now there's some legal blood. issues. <laughs> Sorry. I said, purify your blood with some yes. of the, the, yeah. And, and if you want to learn my real opinion on the COVID shots, which I discovered while I was in suspension is go check out my podcast on rumble where I talk about episode it's number 33, where I talk about, and I show you the documents that, that are all public source documentation of how it's a bioweapon. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, if we had, so there's Pfizer documents that were released through the Freedom of Information Act. And in those Pfizer documents, there's redactions. And we look at the code given for that redaction. Bravo 4 in particular. B4 means that it to release this information would inhibit the application of a state-of-the-art U.S. weapons system. Well, unless there's a state-of-the-art U.S. weapons system somewhere in the Pfizer documents, then you shouldn't find that redaction code. So what do you want to happen with your legal case? What do, what do you want the end result to be? I, I want to be vindicated. I want as much justice that can be served against these people. I would love to see criminal charges brought against people like my previous hospital commander that was practicing medicine without a license when she um, banned the off-label use of ivermectin. Mm -hmm. She can't do that as a nurse or as a commander. Or when she um, removed my medical exemptions that I provided. She's a nurse. She can't make those decisions. She doesn't have the education educational level to do that. And she doesn't have the command authority to do that. Um, that is, that's different than my case. What I want from, from my case is I want no doctor to be ever put in this position again by having case law in the books so that in the future, future generations can go, well, the army can't do that or the military can't do that because of Sigloff v. Austin. So how do you think they did this? And we'll wrap up here soon, but what, what do you think they do you think they infiltrated for years and decades or was this just command pressure that people were not honorable enough to resist or both? I mean, what do you think? Yeah, it's, it's interesting because if we look back, so like, let's look at World War II in Germany uh -huh. and we look at, you know, you're living in a house and you got the Goldsteins next, next door. And, and all of a sudden one day the Goldsteins are gone. Yeah. And there's, there's now the Smiths living there and people were afraid to say anything with, with good reason because they would be gone next here you might lose your job you might be ridiculed online but other than that there wasn't too much else going on no one was being disappeared into some concentration camp but yet we can't resist it yeah so where does that lead to i mean I, i'm just fascinated on how this happened you know i guess over time and history will tell but maybe after we're gone but uh you know the fact that it was just so massively pushed across the medical establishment in the DOD. I mean, to me, it's obviously a bioweapon meant to harm our troops and to harm the nation and, and as a, a part of a bigger plan that they're working on. But I'm just fascinated how, uh, you know, in 06 at West Point, literally pushed this down the throats of kids with threats, put them in isolation. I mean, all kind of really, really illegal, tyrannical, bad stuff that this woman did. And, and that, to me, is fascinating how she got to that point as an American military officer, unless she took a bribe, unless she's threatened, or she saw the bigger picture that none of us all see. I don't know. I mean, I'm just trying yeah, to get my arms around it. It's hard to understand. And it almost, so we are, you know, we are against, uh, our fight against flesh and blood, but against rulers and principalities of darkness. Mm -hmm in in the unseen realm and and it, i'm not saying that that person is possessed by the devil but there's a whispering in the ear that she's listening yeah. to and yeah. oh it's going to be good for everybody if we force them to do this and that, that's how most of terrible things on the face of the earth happen is there's this whispering in the ear that says oh this will be better for you or better for them or better for everybody in reality it causes death and destruction yeah tell us one more time where people could give money yeah so at give send go search sigloff s-i-g O-L-O-F-F -F, as in Foxtrot, Foxtrot.
and any donation that you can give, I greatly appreciate it. And if you're in a position where you can't give, because I know money is tight, please pray for us. Sam, thanks so much for coming on. I appreciate your time and uh, we'll get this out and hopefully you'll get, get a response. I'm glad you got the initial 20 you needed, but you're right. It's going to be a long haul. So thank you very much. Thank you. And together we can all make courage more contagious than fear. Very, very true. And it's needed very much now. Thank you. Take care. Thank you.